Ohio. Good morning. Welcome to part two of our furlough series. I am so excited to be chatting about this with you today. We are talking about reverse culture shock. Reverse culture shock is basically this idea that after you've left your home country for a while and you come back, you kind of see your own culture a little bit differently. Maybe you don't feel like you fit in the same as you used to. That kind of sense of, oh, this is something that is not so easy for me to just slide right back into like I used to whenever I lived here exclusively. And yeah, we definitely experienced reverse culture shock this last spring whenever we came back to America. And I kind of wanted to talk about three things that we experienced. So we, just to give you a little bit of background, when we first moved to Japan, it was March of 2020, and we spent two solid years here. And then we went back to, uh, excuse me, we went back to America in March of 2022. Now, at that point, we were kind of in what I've been referring to as like emotional ICU, basically. We were really in need of a lot of counseling and stuff. And so even though in that time we went back to America, we were kind of in a fog and I don't think we were able to look around us and see culture and see America um, and experience a lot of that reverse culture shock in that time because we were kind of processing a thousand other things. And so this year when we went back, uh, we are like so much healthier than we were last spring. And so we were able to kind of look around and see see what we could see, I guess you might say. Um, so first of all, that's a huge, huge answered prayer, a huge praise God that we were in such a different place this time. I mean, it was just really, really exciting um, to get to tell people like, hey, we're we're doing okay and we're healthy and able to process our thoughts in order for the most part. And um, anyway, so it was just a really redemptive trip in a lot of ways that way. So that was really fun. That being said, since we were healthier, we were able to look around, we saw what we saw, and we experienced reverse culture shock. So I really just have three things that I think we'll have time to talk about today. So here goes. Number one, there is so little physical movement at least where we were at um, in Oklahoma. Now, let's set the stage a little bit. It's over 100 degrees outside all day. Like maybe up until 9 or 9.30 or something, it's only in the 80s and 90s, and then it is 100 plus, and it is so hot. And so you really can't be outside unless you're in a swimming pool. And so there's not really a lot of opportunities that are safe to just go outside and play for very long because you'll get heat stroke like quickly. And so in that sense, what are you going to do? You can't just go for a walk after dinner because it's still 100 degrees outside. Um, So in that sense, yeah, it makes a lot of sense for the physical movement aspect to be a lot lower, especially in Oklahoma, where the temperature is just so absurdly hot specifically compared to where we're at in Japan, where the temperature is pretty temperate. I Actually, this summer, it was really hot, even in Japan. And 
it's really humid. And so you just sweat all day long. At least I do <laughs> like sweat all day long, all summer long. Um, but it's kind of, there's nothing you can really do about it because you have to walk to get to places. You can't like, we don't have a car. A lot of people don't have cars or if they do have cars, you still use public transportation to get where you're going. And so it's just kind of unavoidable. You're going to have to walk or ride your bike or something at some point during the day here. Um, and so I went from walking like maybe easily 8,000 steps a day in Japan to when I was in America, like maybe getting 2,000 steps a day. My husband kind of put it this way, like, let me come over to your house and I'll get off of my couch in my living room and I'll go to the couch that's in my car because, you know, cars are so comfortable and that will drive me to come to your house and we'll sit on your couch there. <laughs> um, and again, I'm not like trying to be a total uh, grumpy butt about it, but it was really hard to wrap my head around how unable we were to find a healthy routine to like move our bodies and be active. Um, and part of that also is like we were not, we don't live there. So it's not like we can get a gym membership or um, like build that into our routine. Part of being on furlough is that there's not routine because you have so many meetings. So, you know, I don't know if that was more reverse culture shock or just furlough pains or something like that but okay point number two there we were surprised by the food options that were available in America specifically how little real food seemed to be available and by that I mean processed food is like everywhere I mean even in snacks and stuff that we would grab there's it just wasn't so so easy to find good healthy whole foods and honestly I don't even mean like healthy in the sense of you should you eat sugar or starches or protein I just literally mean like food instead of processed food and so compared to where we're at here that felt really interesting because there is such a high value for eating really round round full nutritious meals here and that seemed to be replaced with eating really delicious, delightful, big meals in America. And so it felt like we were going to have to make radical health decisions in order to be able to eat food instead of food products, like processed things. And that was really interesting. And don't get me wrong, I love the greasy, cheesy casseroles and barbecue and just those kinds of things but let's I just don't want to pretend like that's helping take good care of my body to only eat cheesy greasy stuff like I want to take good care of my body food is more than fuel right but it's not not fuel you know what I mean like yes food is great for celebrating and enjoying and it should taste wonderful and all of that but food is also fueling my body and so I should be putting things in it that help my body to do its job well and I think we do that um, with like cars right you have to put the right fuel in the vehicle in order for it to work well and it would be strange for somebody to try and put olive oil in their car because we know that that is not taking good care of the car and so the same is true I would imagine for a human body please have all the olive oil you want 
those kind of go hand in hand, right? Like not being able to move very much and not being able to eat really good food. I don't mean tasty food. We ate some really tasty food. Those those two points were really difficult, honestly, to like process and wrap my head around. All right, last point, number three, was I felt like there was generally this idea that there's so little grace. And yet, that's true. I, honestly, I think there are a lot of people who don't have a lot of grace for one another, especially in certain topics. And each person kind of has their own topics that they don't want to have grace for other people in. However, I actually had a lot of really good, meaningful conversations with people I really disagreed with. And I was really excited to see that um, really big disagreements about whether or not there's a God and if there is, if he's a good or bad God. But I got to enter into that particular conversation on one occasion and we just got to talk to each other with really kind and really understanding ears. And although it may seem like there's this attitude of entitlement and anger kind of stirring in the pot in American culture, when you really sit down with somebody and you talk to them and you listen to them, I've noticed that it's just not that way. Of course, there are selfish and grumpy people, okay? Yeah. But it was really refreshing to see that it's not only grumpy, selfish people. Um, like when you look at the news, that's what it feels like. When you look online, that's what it feels like. But if you sit down and at the table and you talk to the person sitting next to you, that's just not totally the case. Now, it was interesting, albeit with like traffic or there were a couple of times where we were standing in line at elevators and I saw people like pushing people aside so they could be at the front of the line of the elevator and those kinds of things that and I like hate to mention the p word politics okay so there are difficult conversations to navigate and I do think there's a lot of space that we should be more gracious towards one another but that was really interesting to see and kind of step back into as an American who's been gone from America for a little while how do I step back into the climate of having difficult conversations because I think that has has changed over the years. So it was just surprising, I guess, to see both the lack of grace that people have for one another in certain circumstances and the really deep, patient, kind love that people have for one another in other circumstances. So, all right, well, there we have it. Part two of our furlough series. Good timing, you guys. I'll see you next time for part three. Thank you for listening to Bike Chats with an Expat. I'm Lacey, an expat. In my early days of living in Japan, I would use my short morning commute on my bicycle to call friends and family back in the States. And that time was such salve for my soul. And now I want to share that time with you, except maybe not on a bicycle because that would be a little windy. I'll see you next time. Bye.